One of the things that uh, the conservative world needs to learn is how to be dust shakers or when to be dust shakers. Uh, what I saw recently, and, and this is just a pattern that I've seen with conservative-minded, Bible-believing Christians, is, um, let, me, let me lead with an example. I saw people whining about things that the Gospel Coalition was publishing uh, this week. Um, Thabiti and Wobbly, or whatever his name is, and Karen, uh, Karen something. I, I can't remember. I haven't paid attention to the Gospel Coalition since about 2015. Um, I shook the dust of my feet off at them because they started apostatizing. They started pushing all kinds of liberal nonsense. And conservatives, they used to be a conservative pub publication, and now they're apostate and uh, teaching all kinds of uh, uh, liberal heresy. And conservatives are still whining about them. They're still bringing them up. They're still... Um, <laughs> They're, they're still uh, bringing them up as if they matter. And, and it's good that conservatives want to fight. This is something that the, the small remnant of, of conservative Christians have gotten better at. We've learned that we need to fight. And that's good. That's a good thing. But Solomon in his wisdom tells us that there's a time for everything. There's a, there's a time for war. There's a time for peace. There's a time for speaking. There's a time for shutting your mouth. There's a time for breaking down and a time for building up. And what conservatives need to learn is that there's a time for rebuking false teachers. There's a time for speaking these things to them, but not indefinitely, not forever and ever, amen. There needs to be a time where you shake the dust of your feet off at these people. Now, Jesus tells the apostles to do this when he sends them out into Judea. He says that, and of course the context is, um, you know, bringing the gospel initially to people, but we can take the principle and apply it uh, Jesus says this, <laughs> uh, he says, whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, which is what the gospel coalition is doing. They're rejecting Jesus. They're, they claim to accept him, but they're rejecting him. And most, most conservative Christians going liberal, that's what they're doing. They're rejecting the commands of Jesus. They're rejecting the wisdom of the spirit, all of these things. He says, if you go into a city and enter and they don't receive you, go out into its streets and say... <laughs> The very dust of your city, which clings to us, we wipe off against you. Okay? So we don't want anything to do with you. Not even the dust of this city. Ugh! Get it away from me. And, and what conservative Christians do, they, they camp down in the city and they continue to debate with these people forever and ever. And for years, when they need to leave. They need to learn to leave. They need to learn to walk away. And, and, what, and, and Jesus says this, this is him instructing us what to do. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you that it will be more tolerable in the day of Sodom than for that city. What conservatives need to do is trust that God will judge these people. You speak, you say, this is wrong. You need to repent of it. And if they don't, if they don't want to repent, you, you get away from them and God will judge them. He will judge the people of the Gospel Coalition. He will judge that racist, the beady, whatever his name is, and the feminist there. All of those people will be judged. They will be judged according to their works. We see a similar thing with Paul in Acts. He goes to the Jews. The Jews start blaspheming Christ. And what does he say? They opposed him and blasphemed in Acts 18. 
he shook his garments and said to them, your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. For now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Paul knew there was a time to, to say these people are gone. They've chosen what they want to do. I'm going to go preach to other people. And what's amazing is after this, he departs and he, he, he stays with a God-fearer and he converts. And then the leader of the synagogue converts. So we actually, he says, I'm done talking to the Jews. And then a Jew actually converts at some point. And so there, you see that there's fruitfulness when he does this. We see the same pattern. Oh, and then the, and then the Gentiles in Corinth start converting as well. There was a lot of fruitfulness with him being like, your blood is on your head. I'm going somewhere else. And then it was like, boom, 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 boom. We have the same thing in Acts 13. Um, let's see here. Paul and Barnabas. Yeah, he said, <laughs> it says the Jews saw the multitudes because they're coming to Paul and Barnabas. And uh, Luke says that they were filled with envy and they started contradicting and blaspheming. Okay. So, so like the gospel coalition, like, like most of most preachers now, they're contradicting the teachings of the apostles. They, they oppose the things spoken by Paul. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. Now this is the pattern of the new Testament. The gospel goes to the Jews first and then to the Gentiles. But since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles, right? He didn't debate with them forever. He didn't constantly whine about them. The Jews are blaspheming. This is the, that's the conservative MO. The Jews are blaspheming is what, is what they're doing. The gospel coalition is blaspheming. Years, seven years after they've apostatized, it's like, leave them alone. You actually give them a certain amount of credibility by continuing to bring them up. Just ignore them. They don't matter. God's going to deal with them. This reminds us of our own need to confess.